0: Identify what you do every day, group it into categories based on whether it's a strength, a weakness, something you enjoy, don't enjoy, generates revenue, doesn't generate revenue. Look at that list, find the trends, figure out what role is jumping out at you and then hire that person.
1: What is up, y'all? My name is Kat Del Carmen, wife, mama, and go freaking getter. It took me 10 years to finish college, 20 jobs to build a six-figure career, and all of that led me to starting my own business and leaving that behind. All my setbacks have helped me gain the confidence I need to think bigger and create the life of my dreams. If you have an idea that you want to pursue and fear is stopping you, You're in the right place. Welcome to the Follow That Fear podcast, a show dedicated to empowering you to follow that fear, pursue what is calling you, and take it one step at a time. Y'all, I am so excited because my first group program is coming soon. If you are an entrepreneur or soon to be entrepreneur who is ready to start building your brand around your business and really being known for something, I want you to pay attention. I want to help you get very clear on who you are talking to, get clear on what you want to be known for, and build a digital product while you're at it. I will have more details to come, but if you are interested in this program and want to be the first to know when details are available, I want you to go to www.katdelcarmon.com group program to learn more and to sign up to be on the mailing list so you are the first to know. I cannot wait to share all the details with you. What is up, y'all? Welcome back to the Follow That Fear podcast. I am so happy you are here. I want to remind you that if you have taken anything away from any episode, it would mean so, so much to me if you took a moment to write a written review with an Apple podcast. This podcast grows because of you so it would mean so so much and those reviews really help me get amazing guests it helps folks understand what the show is about what kind of audience we have and it just establishes this podcast as a credible podcast so it means so much if you could take a moment to do that but i hope you are doing well okay today's episode we are talking about building teams and hiring your first person, we're talking about scaling businesses. And we're talking about this with such an expert. So today we have Tatiana O'Hara on the show. So Tatiana is a agency and team operations coach. She helps CEOs become delegators, not doers. After working as a district manager at a young age, managing five stores, $5 million plus monthly budgets, and being directly responsible for all team functions, Tatiana quickly identified similarities in the lives of her managers and six-figure CEOs. So now she dedicates her whole business to helping leaders, helping CEOs build businesses structure, but she makes it sexy. She is such a wise woman and she shares so much knowledge with us, shares so much amazing advice. And we are just, I'm I'm really grateful that she is on today's show. So if you want to learn more about what you need to do to hire the first person on your team, or let's say you want to create an agency or a bigger team and you want to know how is the best way to do that, I want you to listen to today's show because this show Is going to help you understand exactly what you will need, what you'll have to think about before you make these hires. Without further ado, let's get started on the show. Tell us a little bit about what you do and if you could give us some background on how you got started. Yes,
0: definitely. So, my name is Tatiana O'Hara. I live in Atlanta and I'm an agency and team operations coach. And so, what that means is I help entrepreneurs. Um, Of all levels that are making consistent revenue that are either ready to build their team for the first time, or maybe you're kind of in the six figure multi six figure range and your team is no longer functioning the way that they should be um, Or not functioning well enough to get you to that next level to get you to seven figures. So I help my clients. um, Hire effectively really manage their teams effectively and restructure their team when the time comes to make sure that their team, their offers are always kind of in line with the overall vision and goals um, of the company. So I got my start in corporate. Um, As soon as I graduated from college, I went to be a district manager for a popular grocery chain. I did that for a little over four years. And there I managed five stores, five store managers, uh, like 60 to 70 employees, $5 million in monthly budgets. And I was directly responsible for making sure that the stores were hitting their KPIs, making sure the stores looked good, making sure customers were happy. And the way that I had to do that was by one, becoming an effective leader myself, but two, like really teaching my managers how to lead their teams so that they could really focus on managing the store. Um, when I came in, a lot of what was happening was, you know, the store was a mess. Managers are working crazy hours. And the reason was the employees weren't doing their jobs. Therefore, the manager was spending all day doing their jobs and no one was actually managing. And it trickled down, right? So then me coming in as the district manager, I had to be the store manager, right? I had to step into that role. So getting all of that in line while also running um, a business online part-time really helped me draw that connection between the, the struggles that my managers were having was like the exact same thing that entrepreneurs struggle with online once they have a team. Um, And so I left my job in, what was it, August of 2019 um, and went full time in my business. And now I just coach my clients on really the exact framework that I created in corporate. So I'm bringing a lot of that corporate structure to entrepreneurship in a way that's, you know, flexible and still enjoyable for them.
1: Yeah. And you know, we very lightly chatted about this because I became a manager at a really young age too. And don't you think, I mean, at least for me, one of the biggest lessons was, I mean, my emotional intelligence, because to get folks who are older than you that have been in their jobs for a long time and you're like young, you know, to get them on Mm -hmm. your side is such a, such an experience, right?
0: (laughs) Yes, it, it truly is. It's like you you know we we kind of are, are we grow up thinking that respect is just an automatic thing and then you lose it you know if you lose it it's hard to get respect back um but you really have to earn the respect of the people that you you work with this goes for if you run a virtual team or if you you know run a team in corporate or something like when you come in automatically off the bat these people don't know you like why why should they respect you like what what merit have you shown? You know, these, um, for me, especially, you know, when I came in, my five managers had been in the business, some of them 10 years plus, and here I am, this 22-year-old bright-eyed, bushy-tailed college graduate coming in talking about, we need to be getting through this truck in the morning, you know, 30 minutes faster, and they're like, who are you? <laughs> so you really have to um, come in and, and, and earn the respect of the people around you.
1: Yeah, for sure. I remember I had to, I had to, one of my best sellers was a 60 year old man. And I was like, ah, (laughs) I'm like, how do I get, he's like, you're just another manager who's going to come and go, you know? Um, but Mm -hmm. it definitely is an experience. Quick question. You mentioned that you started your business part-time while you were working. I would love to know a little bit about how that started how did it start out as like coaching or consulting and um what has from that time to the transition what has that been like for you
0: that is such a great question i don't think anyone has ever asked me that before so my story is a little different um i have always been in coaching i've always coached people whether i was getting paid to do it or not um when i first started coaching i was coaching like people that wanted to start businesses so i was very much like in the startup realm um however that's not what i quit my job doing um i was doing that but i wasn't generating revenue from it at the time and i i got to a point in my corporate role where i was starting to really lose touch with myself um battling different seasons of depression just because the job really did pull a lot from me the culture of the company was very intense um and so i was just like i need a way out um because i i couldn't even figure out how to monetize my coaching business at the time because i lacked so much passion and so much creativity like i i couldn't even you know show up the way i wanted to and so initially i wanted to flip houses that's the way i thought i was going to quit my job um but wasn't quite ready for that financially and so i'm sitting with my best friend and we're thinking like okay what can we flip? Um, cause flipping is a fast way to make money. What can we flip? Um, that has a little bit of a lower barrier to entry. And so I landed on the car business. So my father and I started an auto brokerage together. Um, you know, we would, my very first car I bought, I bought from the auction for I think $500. It was a 2007 Chevy Aveo, uh, with a missing door handle and, um, a halfway blown head gasket that I didn't know existed. I now know so much about cars, but, um, Came in, you know, put a little bit of money into it, fixed the door handle myself. Took me like four hours trying to figure it out on YouTube. Um, Turned around and sold that car for $1,700. And that's when I realized like, okay, I I can make money doing this. Um, And, you know, the the rest was history. We just started buying and selling cars. Um, You know, we still run the company. I had to step away a little bit when my coaching business picked up, but, it's my dad's full time you know, source of income right now. I think um, last month the business made like 14K in profit. So it's, it's a really profitable business to be in. Um, so that's actually how I quit my job. That's what financially allowed me to quit. Um, and then I was doing both, right? I was doing car business, I was doing coaching. But then when coaching really started taking off, um, my dad and I kind of made a plan for me to pull out of the business and here we are now.
1: That is crazy. So you've always had this, like, I want to quit my job. I want to be an entrepreneur. Like that spirit was in you from the beginning. That is yes. amazing. Ah, And to do that with your dad, that seems, I don't know, that seems really, really cool. And I like a lot of hard work, I'm sure. And it's, you know, anytime mm-hmm. you do anything, it's always, it feels very risky and it is very risky in the beginning, but um, mm-hmm. how amazing. Okay. Let's talk a little bit And you did touch on this, but let's talk a little bit about niching down. I feel like this is something that um not you know what, not even only beginners struggle with. I feel like even folks who are actually running businesses are still missing out on, you know, bigger dollars because they really haven't identified their um niche. And it's crazy to me. I, I thought this was a problem that was only for beginners, but now that I've interviewed so many people, I'm like, oh my God, there's like, there's literally people making good money who could be making way more money if they just focused on their niche a little bit. How did you identify your niche? And I know, I mean, you told us a little bit about that because you were using the same framework from, from your um, previous role um, in corporate. How did you, I should say, find the confidence to feel like this niche was of value? For other mm-hmm. people, because I feel like that part is a lot of mindset. Um, what is that? What was that confidence experience? Was it confidence? Was it something else? Like, how did you really realize and and continue working at this? You know, this mm-hmm. niche that and believed that like this is gonna work.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Well, first, let me say, I think me as a person, the kind of person that I am. Um, it is not uncommon for me to kind of go against the grain or disagree with people or be very upfront about my opinion about things. And I realized after, you know, four or five months in, in coaching that I was doing what everyone else online was doing. I was doing what I thought I had to do to be successful. Um, I probably was teaching the exact same. This is how you start your business strategy. Um, and, it got really draining for me, right? Like I was getting very, uh, what's the word? Like I, I was just really losing my passion around it. Um, I wasn't really showing up for my clients in that way. And so that's what kind of started this like relentless journey of me figuring out what my niche was going to be because it, like, it's, it's a non-negotiable for me to have to feel, um, you know, empowered and excited about the work that I do. I, I truly cannot show up if I don't feel good about it. And so I think a piece of my confidence came from how badly I didn't want to feel the way I was feeling. And it was like, I don't know what's coming next. But when I find that thing, like, I know I'm going to pour everything that I have into it. Um, and so then I started working with my now business coach and that helped a lot too, because At the time, the the crossroads that I was at, I knew that I wanted to pull from my corporate experience, but I didn't know what that looked like for entrepreneurs yet I was really struggling to, you know, put the pieces together. Um, And so I started initially in um, talking about efficiency. I was like an efficiency coach or efficiency expert. I forget what I called myself. Um, but then I started to realize like as I was not even working with clients, nobody was paying me at this time. I was just showing up on my stories and talking. But I started to realize just like talking with people in the DMs and stuff that the efficiencies that they were lacking were almost always because of the way that their operations worked or because of their team. And when it was their operations, it was how their team was affecting the operations, if that makes sense. And so my coach kind of helped me package it and put it all together. But once I figured it out, I was like, oh, I have arrived. Like I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing now. Like I have the experience already. So that was a big piece of the confidence too. Like you were saying, like I had the corporate experience. It was just about putting the pieces together in my head. Like it." It, it's been sitting in my brain for years, but I didn't know how to pull it out and process it, and you know, make it a real thing. So, I would say most of my confidence really just came from that light bulb moment. Like, oh my gosh, this is it!
1: For sure, that's funny because I'm I, right. I'm still in this really early journey, and I just came out with my podcast marketing course and. Um the reason I did is because I, you know, I have experience in it and I've had this podcast, I'm on episode 75, I just published yesterday. And like, you know, like I, I got some experience down my belt and now I'm like, oh my God, it, it's crazy when you like have confidence behind what you're talking about and, and you have passion behind it. So I, I could just imagine, especially since you had that experience from the career that you build after. Um, or in your earlier years. So that's, yeah, I totally, totally get that. Um, And also just want to point out, guys, this is why coaches and um, mentors and those kind of folks can help you in different ways. Like this is just how, you know, your coach helped you, Tatiana, but like I, I think, you know, for my listeners who are earlier, earlier in their stage and haven't even invested in themselves, these type of conversations feel very far away. But I promise you, when you invest in yourself and you do your homework to invest in the right coach and in the right um, people and, you know, in yourself, a lot of shift can happen soon. Like the minute I hired my mm-hmm. first coach, it really changed the game. And I had already invested in like courses and things like that. But um, when you, you know, when you have skin in the game, when you have real dollars, um, scary dollars that you're investing in yourself, something Mm -hmm. about you is really ready, starts getting ready to like put in the work and really make it happen. Yes. Um, You definitely
0: show up different when you invest in yourself for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah. So question for you tell us a little bit about what stage in the entrepreneurial journey that business owners should start thinking about leadership and scaling. Um, I know for my listeners are a lot like in the very early stages, but I feel like this is a perfect time to at least start thinking about things differently. I think you know this in the very early stages, you're kind of like, okay, I'll do whatever I can to it like just for you're just looking at the next step forward and it feels very busy and rushy and like, you're just trying to make things move forward. Um, but what, at what stage in that journey for entrepreneurs, for business owners, should they start thinking about the things that you work on every day and the things you help, um, your clients with on a regular basis? What would you recommend?
0: Um, I would say they should start thinking about it on day one. Um, I think if more people thought about it on day one, I probably wouldn't have a job. (laughs) Um, Because a lot of what I'm doing with my clients is like damage control. Like I'm, I'm helping them clean up years and years of messes that have accrued um, because, you know, we never identified clear processes for anything. Right. Um, We never really onboarded and trained the people on our team effectively. We never established core values from the beginning. And so everyone on the team is very much out of alignment with the, the CEO and they can't figure out why the, the energy or the vibe is off within their team. So I would say from day one, when you're, you know, when you first start taking on clients, one, you need to be clear on what you stand for as a company. Um, Just to share a couple of my core values. um, Autonomy is one of them. Um, I believe that it's very important that my team members are, of course, are autonomous and that they can figure things out for themselves. But the same thing with my clients. I'm not the coach that's just going to tell you, you know, exactly what to do. I'm very much going to guide you through it, but I want you to decide that on your own. Um, And then what else? Like, a sense of humor is a core value of mine, right? Like I want to have a good time with my clients, a good time with my team members. And if I don't know that, if I'm not sure about that, or if I'm not sure about myself up front, I'm going to show up online with that same robotic boss, babe coaching voice that everyone shows up with because they don't know who they are. So they have to show up as a, you know, a replication of every other coach that they're seeing. So one Be sure on who you are and what you stand for. Now, don't get me wrong, that's going to evolve over time. Um, You're going to be a completely different person at year one in business that you were at year three. But at every step of the way, I want you to really look deep into yourself and identify those core things. Um, And then two would be to begin to build your offers um, in a way that really fits the overall vision that you have for your company don't feel like you have to have the same offers that everyone has right like the typical model is you have your freebie then you have a low ticket download then you have maybe like one-on-one coaching and then a group program and then a mastermind and then you know um what's what's a membership community like don't feel like you have to do those things if that's not in alignment with what you want Um, and then the very last thing i would say is as soon as you are making consistent revenue you need to think about who you're going to start hiring. Um, I have clients that are generating, you know, anywhere from 50 to $70,000 a month that are running on extremely small teams. Um, Not in a good way, right? I'm not saying they're running lean. I'm saying they're like overworking themselves and their teams, because they don't understand what it means To hire in a healthy way because they waited too late themselves, right? And then the opposite. I have another client I just wrapped up with who seriously was making a thousand dollars a month when we started working together. It was a consistent one thousand dollars a month, and so we looked at a very low price, you know, hire that she could have on for just like five hours a month. And already her revenue has tripled. I need to check in with her because last time we talked, she was on track to do like a a six or seven thousand dollar month um, three months after hiring her first person, because when you're making, when you're making that consistent revenue, right. And you can almost predict what your revenue is going to be. Then you can go out, you can hire someone to take care of the tasks that are not in your wheelhouse. Right. Um, they can take care of those small things so that you can take a step back, take that time that you've gained back and go put it into revenue generating activities and grow your revenue. So a lot of people think, oh, I, I can't hire until I'm making $10,000 a month. No, that's too late. Like you're, you're waiting way too late. At that point, like your growth has already been stunted. When you hit 10K, you probably could have already been at 20 had you made some strategic hiring decisions early on in your business.
1: Yes. You know, I, my sister is a photographer and I've seen her, she's, she's done amazing and really has grown her business. She just got her studio during COVID last Earlier this month, oh, I, I mean, she is making some big moves. Um, but I tell her all the time because she's she's more of an artist versus a you know, I mean, she's a businesswoman. Obviously, she's built you know mm-hmm. her photography business, but she you know she's an artist first. So she has yeah. always struggled with getting help because she's like, no, I I mean, I can't afford it. And I'm like, no, if you can afford a studio, you can probably afford a little bit of mm-hmm. um, of help because she you know like her time so valuable. And when you put a number to it, like a dollar value, and then you can find someone, you know, who can help you for 10 bucks an hour or, you know, 15 bucks an hour, whatever the case is. um, It can be so, so different. So thank you so much for sharing that. If you have been lagging on starting your email list and are ready to start serving your customers, your future customers with some juicy emails, I wanna introduce you to Flowdesk. Flowdesk is an email marketing platform that makes beautiful, aesthetically pretty, emails that are so freaking easy to put together. This is the first platform of its kind to make gorgeous emails come to life with ease. If you are ready to sign up for an email marketing platform, I have a 50% off code just for you. The code is Cat Del Carmen, or you can visit my Instagram, check the link in my bio, for the Desk discount. I hope to see your emails out there in the world in the future. What do you see are the top, like two, three biggest mistakes that you see entrepreneurs make while they're growing their team? Like, what are the things that are like, no, don't tell me that?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first one that comes to mind is... We don't really get clear on the role that we need to hire for. And so we just off the bat go and hire a VA, right? And we're not really clear on what we want this VA to do. And so we just start sending them random lists of things to do. Like, yeah, uh, you know, go clear my inbox. Um, go put this on my calendar. Go do this. Go do that. And it ends up being more of a chore, right? It's, it's more of a, <laughs> an expense than an investment, because we're not doing it strategically. So that would be the first mistake, is not getting clear on, you know, what would be the biggest area of impact that someone could have in your business and hiring according to that. Second, I think would be skimping out on the person that we're hiring, if if that makes sense. So, um, you know, I I know a lot of people will say like, we wanna develop the people on our team, 100% agree. I will never disagree with that. Um, going back to corporate, right? There were a lot of times that I hired inexperienced um, cashiers to come into the business because I saw potential in them, right? But the difference there is that we already had an established business with established client base, with established, you know, recurring revenue, whatever, um, with talented managers in place, and so entrepreneurs are doing it in reverse. We're like, oh, my first hire, I wanna you know, do it as cheap as possible. Let me go find an intern somewhere for eight bucks an hour. Um, but guess what? Our business is kind of not together yet, right? Like we don't have time to train these people. We don't have time to develop them. And we're saying we wanna quote unquote develop them when really we just want the cheapest possible person to work in our business. When in reality, we should be doing it in reverse. Your first hire needs to be an absolute expert. Um, Now, is that to say that you're not going to train this person in your method? Of course not. But like for me personally, um, systems are not my strong suit, Um, like actual systems. Like I use ClickUp, I use Dubsado. It takes me forever to set up things in there. And so I knew that if I was going to hire someone to make an impact in my business um, as a virtual assistant, then I needed someone that already came to the table with that skill set. I needed someone that had experience managing um, launches because I had never launched before. I wanted someone that could really come in and benefit me in that way. And so what that, you know, ended up looking like was $35 an hour, not $8 an hour. And so it's a much bigger investment. But when I say I don't bat an eye at her payroll every month, because it is the best investment that I've ever made in my business probably better than any coach I've ever invested in, any course, any program, because I can really rely on her. I can say, hey, you know, I'll just give you an example. Hey, um, I want to start selling um, this T-shirt. So I'm I'm selling shirts on Black Friday. It's this saying that I came up with, become really popular within my brand and um, I'm selling them through printful, right? I know nothing about printful. I'm like trying to set up my account, trying to connect it to my e-commerce platform. And they're talking about API keys. I'm like, what is all this? And so I go to my VA and I say, hey, I want to launch these shirts for Black Friday. Here's the logo. Um, I need you to set up my Printful account. I need you to connect my API. Then I need you to reach out to all my past clients and get their shirt sizes and their address so that I can send them a shirt as a gift. Two days later, everything is done for me. But had I hired that intern with no experience that I wanted to pour into, we would both be there frustrated. It's, it's the blind leading the blind. And so, yes, we want to invest, invest, in people. We want to give people with less experience time to work within our business, but that has to come later. You're playing yourself. If you think you can, you have time to pour into and train up your very first person, you're scrambling with your first hire. So those would be my two things. Get clear on the role that you need to hire for, and then stop being cheap and hire an expert. Hire someone that's going to make an actual difference in your business so that you can go out and get some ROI on that hire and make more revenue so that you can continue to hire more experts into your business.
1: Oh my God. So many people needed to hear that, (laughs) including myself. I feel like it is so normal to us to like, just like go with the cheapest or go with the easiest. Right. Um, but you're right i mean you're just straight up right and even your example <laughs> i was like oh my god in two days she did all that
0: <laughs> because to an expert it's not she it's was like, like oh hey, yeah all i have to do all i have to do is go to ThriveCart, click on the api link generate this link copy and paste it into printful click start shop and then create a google form with name and uh, address and uh, shirt size and then email it to past clients. Like it was nothing for her, but it would have taken me literally probably about two ish hours. And I bet when I get her time card back from her, it's going to say it took her 15 minutes.
1: Oh my God. Like that is amazing. Uh, I hope you guys heard that guys, because I feel like it's scary when you get to a point in your business where you're like, okay, I want to invest in myself, but you're still have this mindset of like, you know, I can only afford this or I can only afford this, but like, we have to look at our dollars differently. And even if you're not generating like a lot of money, what money are you generating? And maybe you can get an expert for limited hours until you get to the point where you can use them more. But, um, that is a huge, huge call out. I wish I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure my sister listens to this one Uh, because she (laughs) really needs to put her time into the like artwork and you know, taking the pictures Mm -hmm. versus editing them for hours. So that is a hundred percent, um, what so many people need to hear. Thank you for that. Um, okay. So I have another question for you. You actually touched on it. It was, um, a question that came up when you were talking about the mistakes that entrepreneur make entrepreneurs make in the beginning of growing their business. How would you identify the first person you need to hire? So like, um, you gave us a lot of background on like, you know, making sure you hire an expert and that, but like, how would, if, if, you know, if you're, let's say a coach, a new coach and you're beginning your business, you're starting to see some money, you want to hire a VA and you, you know, you kind of just like, I'll take anybody. I just need a hand. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, How do you really identify what you need as an entrepreneur um, for your first hire?
0: yeah definitely so um first let me say i have a free resource that i can um give your audience that they can download it's called uh, task matrix and so that's what i use for all my clients Um, and so basically what what this is what it means is the first thing you need to do is sit down and write out everything that you do in your business day to day now you might not be able to write all this out in one sitting because things are going to come to you so maybe you start this exercise on a monday And you wrap it up by that Friday, honestly. Take your time with it. But I want you to think in detail. Don't just say, oh, I do admin. Oh, I do client work. Like, break it down. What does it mean to do client work? Okay, I um, once they're interested, I send them the proposal. I send them the contract. I send them the invoice. I book their onboarding call. I start this. I start this. I start that. Write down everything that you do. And then with my task matrix, it's going to help you group it into different categories based on if it's something you enjoy doing in the business, if it's something you don't enjoy, if it is something that you're skilled at, if it's something that you're not skilled at, and you're going to be able to see from a bird's eye view, the areas of the business that you're spending a lot of time on that aren't necessarily, you know, worth it for you right now, either because it's taking you too long, or maybe it's just not generating revenue, but it's, it's something that you have to do kind of like different admin tasks, right? Like managing your inbox doesn't necessarily generate revenue, but you have to do it in order to stay organized. And so you'll be able to take a step back and look at this list and you'll have one category of things that are basically saying like, hey, these are the the blind spots in the business that we need to outsource immediately um, or we're going to continue to kind of lose time and lose money in the business. And so then you look at this list of tasks and you try to identify trends, right? If you're looking at the list is everything having to do with your podcast is everything, the things that you don't like doing and the things that you're not necessarily good at, is it, you know, writing show notes? Is it editing the show? Is it, um, uploading to the platforms? Is it putting, you know, SEO optimizations, you know, to get more listens and downloads to the podcast? Well, if it is, then you might be able to look at that and clearly see, I need a podcast editor. I need a podcast manager right? Or if you see that most of the things are, you know, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn related, Pinterest, okay, maybe I need a social media manager. Or if they truly are not congruent at all, and they're just a bunch of random things, um, then maybe it does look like a virtual assistant. But doing this exercise is going to help you not just make your first hire that generic VA. While that is going to be the first hire for a lot of people, for me, it was social media because I realized I was spending so much time scrolling just because I love Instagram, That's, it's just in my nature. Um, but I loved engaging with my audience, but I didn't really have a strategy or a rhyme or reason of what I was doing. And so I was spending, I don't know, probably like three to four hours a day trying to engage and build my audience and researching hashtags. But when I hired an expert to do that for me, I was able to take that time back spend those three to four hours a day, a week, whatever, and go invest it in PR. And so I got on like 10 different podcasts. I did like 10 different um, guest trainings over the course of two months. And I probably like 10 times my revenue within two months. And so that's what, you know, that's the beauty of identifying who you want to hire first, because they can come in and really make an impact so that you can take that time back and go make you know, an even bigger impact. So that's kind of the process that I would follow is identify what you do every day, group it into categories based on whether it's a strength, a weakness, um, something you enjoy, don't enjoy, generates revenue, doesn't generate revenue. Look at that list, find the trends, figure out what role is jumping out at you and then hire that person.
1: Yes. I remember this from the class that I saw you in and it is amazing. <laughs> I'll link it down um, below of the podcast too. Thank you. That is so, so, so good. Uh, okay. So I have another question for you. What, how are we on time? Okay. We're getting there. Um, question, what would you recommend? So this is kind of with for the type of folks that you probably work with, like agencies and businesses with teams already, but what would you recommend to a growing business agency or team to start putting into place early? I mean, we talked about this a little bit, but if for example, um, and this question's a little bit different because it's not so much like the entrepreneur, but like, this is someone who let's say wants to start an agency. Like this person isn't in it to, you know, be, you know, the coach or a solo entrepreneur in the beginning. They want to start a business with a team versus start from a solo entrepreneur and then grow it from there.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's a great question. And that's a big part of what I do with some of my more not even beginner clients. It's just because you might have been in business for a while and then you decide you want to pivot to an agency. So I'll say beginner in the agency realm. Um, And the very first thing that we focus on together is how can we make your service rinse and repeat? right? If you are just on the tune of podcasts, if you're a podcast editing agency, how can you make your service rinse and repeat from the time that a client comes and says, I want to work with you guys on, you know, your podcast retainer to the time that you offer the client, how can you um, really systemize the, the process so that you can hire someone to come in and help you with it, right? And so when you run an agency, your first hire might look more like, Um, someone to help with client fulfillment. Now they might not be named a client fulfillment specialist, right? Um, Maybe they are, maybe you run, I don't know. I can't think of an agency where you would need that. But um, again, back on the tune of podcasts, if you run a podcast agency, your first hire is probably going to be podcast editor one. And so you need to focus on really documenting every step of the process so that when a stranger comes into the business, they can pick up where you left off the goal of a a process a, a written process a standard operating procedure or SOP the goal of it is so that as long as you hire an expert they could come into your business look at this process this document and be able to do exactly what you're asking them to do without asking you a single question that's how thorough you need to document the processes within your business And there's a lot of chatter about what this can look like, but personally, I don't really care what it looks like. It's your business. It could be a bullet point list. It could be um, a a video training on on Loom. Loom is a software, it's free, where you can kind of screen record what you're doing and talk through it, Um, but you need to really spend time on the process. If you want to have an agency, like process is everything, right? Because agency just means you're doing what you do on a bigger scale for more people and you have many clones almost of yourself that can come in and help replicate that process over and over again. So that would probably be my biggest thing is to focus on the process itself and getting it on the rent and repeat cycle
1: yes that is so 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 good thank you so much this is so good I really really appreciate um, you being here so my podcast is called follow that fear um, we talk a lot about fear and the reason it's called follow that fear I know you know this is um, when you fear doing something that you truly want to do um, usually we're you know it takes a lot of effort to actually go through with it so, I've found that following your fear has really changed the game um, for me and for the folks who are really making it happen for themselves and creating the life um, that they want for themselves. So how would you define fear?
0: Ooh, that is a good question. Fear for me is not necessarily something that is a legitimate thing. But it's almost like this voice um, that comes into my head in moments that I'm trying to grow. And it is this voice that wants me to now shrink. Um, it's this voice that's basically telling me the opposite of everything I know to be true, the opposite of all the evidence that I already have, that I'm fully capable of doing this thing, stepping into this thing, showing up for this thing. Um, and it's just something that tries to hold me back. And the beauty of fear is that it never really goes away, but I get to decide how much control it has over my life. I get to decide whether I'm going to be crippled by that fear and not do the things that I'm trying to do. Or if I'm going to minimize that fear, feel it. I know this sounds so cheesy, but feel the fear and do it anyway. Right. Because it's still there. But if anything, it's just one of those naysayers in the audience. It's kind of motivating you to keep going. Um, so yeah, I think that that's kind of how I would define it. It's just this pesky little voice that tries to chill out on my shoulder and I'm like, trying to shoot away like get out of here dude i'm trying to i'm trying to yes. grow up over here
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes i love that that's so so true and it is trying to help you shrink and it is so true i just actually i want i want my audience to take something away from that like It doesn't go away. Like Just get used to it. If you're an entrepreneur, you're going to want to keep growing your business. The point is to make more money. And to do that, you're going to have to take risks. To do that, you're going to have to do bigger mm-hmm. and scarier things. And even when we are at a place in our business where we're making lots of money and lot, very abundant, there's still going to be a next level. And the fear is always mm-hmm. going to be there. So I love what you said, because that's so true. It's just a voice and we just have to learn how to control that fear. How much are we going to allow it to make decisions for us? Because Mm -hmm. we got to take the power of it. So that is beautiful. Thank you so much for your time, Tatiana. I really, really appreciate it. It is amazing seeing you on your journey because I feel like your impact, I mean, you've already, you know, you've been doing this for a while and you already are having so much success, but I feel like it's still the beginning um, because you have a lot more impact to make and help a lot more people. And I just feel super blessed that I get to um, see this chapter of your growth because holy moly, like you are on fire and it's just such a beautiful thing. So thank you so much for for not only giving us your time and your wisdom, but for being here. So where can our audience find you? And also, um, when, you know, like when should we come to you? At what point in our journey? It might be next Mm -hmm. year. It might be tomorrow, but like what, what does that look like? And where can folks find you?
0: Yes. Well, first let me say thank you for having me. Like, I really appreciate it. And same to you, same to everyone listening to this. Like, Success can be right around the corner um, because you get to define what success looks like for you, right? Um, Success is not always running a six-figure business Um, and all it takes is consistency and I hate, I hate that we always say that but it's so true like when I show up consistently I make consistent money and when I make consistent money I'm happy And when I'm happy, I can continue to show up consistently. Um, So I would just leave that with you guys. It's like, you know, you get to define what success means for you. And I wish that for all of you. Um, But you can definitely find me on Instagram. I hang out there every day. So at underscore Tatiana O'Hara. Definitely send me a DM. I'm a voice memo queen. I will definitely send you voice memos. I don't have time for text. (laughs) I don't have time to be typing out everything that I think. Um, I'm an Enneagram three. I'm very straight to the point. Like just, just shoot it to me straight. Um, so yeah, definitely on Instagram. Um, my new website, I'm not sure when this will air, but my new website launches, um, in a couple days. So you can find me there at tatianaohara.com. And, um, as far as when you should come to me, um, literally whenever you're ready, like is it. So I will say the, the point that I start working with clients in a paid, you know, way of some sort through my workshops, or I have a group coaching program, is as soon as you're making consistent revenue, even if it's just $1,000 a month. Um, And then I also have a VIP day. If you are um, a little bit more experienced with running a team, if you're um, a little bit closer to that five-figure month mark, um, I do my VIP days with those clients. And that's um, really the way that I kind of made my name in the industry is through my VIP day. So highly, highly recommend that um but I also have a free Facebook group so my Facebook group is called delegate to elevate and I'll give you the link to that as well and anyone can join that but it is strictly about team building hiring and leading and managing a team so if you are just even considering having a team within your business um I'd highly recommend jumping in that group we talk all the time I do free training sometimes I'm doing one on Friday um so yeah
1: I hope you took as much away as I did because this episode was jam-packed with so much knowledge and expertise. I learned so, so much, and I hope you did too. Make sure to grab Tatiana's freebie, the task matrix. This task matrix is going to help you identify exactly what you need help with in your business, and it'll help you hire your first You can check the link below for the freebie. Make sure to also screenshot this episode and tag myself and Tatiana on Instagram. Let us know if you enjoyed the episode, if you took something away. Thank you again for being here. I do not take your time for granted. So thank you. Have a wonderful rest of the week. I will see you next week.